Welcome back to another episode of the Startup Therapy Podcast. This is Ryan Rutan, joined as always by my friend, the founder and CEO of Startups.com, Will Schroeder. Will, we set out today to talk about how being a founder uh, made us a better parent, but we also want to throw on the table, like, does being a parent make us a better founder? Yeah, actually, <laughs> now that I think about it, it sort of does. I like. Okay, so let me put it this way: pre-parent, and yeah. I think of myself just as an employer, and kind of, kind of what a dick I was <laughs> for, for like maybe twenty years. Yeah, and I'll give you an example. I just had no appreciation for what parents went through it's in true. order to also yeah. be in a startup. Like, here, here's an example, and, and I hate to use this example; it's so bad. It makes me sound like such a jerk. But you, if you've been listening to me long enough, or Ryan, you've known me long enough, you're just used to it. We used to work these insane hours, and uh, and and I was used to working till midnight every night. And again, we've talked yeah. about how it's a terrible idea. So yeah. by all means, don't do that. Right. Uh, but by five, six o'clock, a lot of the parents would have to go home to like either eat dinner or uh, you know see their kids' soccer game yep. or whatever. Right? Just do what parents do. Yeah, normal life. And, and I didn't do this all the time, and I regret it. But from time to time, I would, I would kind of jokingly make a comment like, oh, cool, Johnson taking a half day, huh? Right. <laughs> right. When they're and leaving he, at 5 30 or, or 6. She would yeah. laugh, right? And, yeah. and leave. Uncomfortably. Uncomfortably, right? And like, okay, cool. Glad you said that in front of everybody, jerk. Yeah, right. And I, oh, and I, man. Boy, I didn't mean it anywhere near like it would have come out, et cetera. And when I'm saying yeah. it now, years later, I'm like, what was I thinking? And I meant it out of jest. But I right. also, you know, I'm sorry, so consciously, I'm like, dude, it's five o'clock. You're going home. I'm going to be here for another seven hours. Yeah. <laughs> like, it does feel like a half day for me. I think of how unappreciative I was of what it meant to be a, a, a parent yeah. in a startup. But now, now that you, you flipped it, which I loved, uh, I also realize how much being a parent has made me 10x better of a founder. So, so one of the things I would say is to the folks that are listening that aren't parents, right? They're early yeah. in their careers or for whatever, just aren't parents. I'd say this episode is going to actually have some really valuable nuggets because sure. this isn't really about parenting. Correct. It's about being responsible for people and being damn empathetic to yeah. their journey and kind of how you develop them. So I think this is actually going to apply to everybody across the board today. I, I think so too. Yeah, I don't I don't think this is relegated to, the, to parents uh, either, you know, present or future to your point there's going to be some stuff in here that's germane to to anybody the the irony too of you know you not understanding the plight of the parent is such a close analog to what we go through all the time as founders which is that people don't get what it's like to be a founder right they don't have right. that right. empathetic muscle because they haven't been through it they work their corporate job they leave at five they don't get it they don't understand why you know we 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 look the way we do why we're haggard why we're tired why we're confused yep. the irony uh not lost on me there but for folks on for folks that uh that that don't have a lot of backstory Ryan and I are both dads um we yes. actually had kids almost at, almost at the, the same eras yep. uh we've been kind of going through this journey uh together uh Ryan you want to give inventory of your kiddos Oh my gosh I've got so many of them I can hardly keep track anymore I've got a <laughs> I got a 10 year old 6th grader uh that one I know for sure then there's the the the, the 7 year old the two oldest are girls, right? So I've got girl, girl, and then uh, and then tornado, uh, the, tornado the the male Jack. child uh, at at age four, and we're not sure we're going to let him to five yet. We're, we're, <laughs> the, the jury's still out whether we, we let him continue or not. 
Uh, now they're they're a fantastic little bunch, but uh, yeah, and, and yeah, man, it was at the same time. We we have what two months delta between yep. uh, between Han and some. Yep. So yep. yeah, yeah, we've been uh, we've been on this ride for a while now. We have, and, and we've kind of gone through the same catharsis, uh, you know, as 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 founders, as people, as parents, uh, and yeah. going through it. So I've got a ten-year-old daughter, Summer, who's amazing, uh, smart as can be. Got you know, she's so buttoned up. She became a founder, like you know, she's she's so on the job, right? It's Love unbelievable. It. She she's she's a prodigy. Um, and then there's Will. He just turned six. He and I share a birthday. And just like your man Jack, he is a tornado. I, I can't yeah. explain anything that he does. I don't even know why he does what he does. The kid just he, gets up in the morning. He doesn't seem to either. I would guess. <laughs> it's in Jack's case, it's very odd. Like, why did you do that? And it's just like. He's already off doing whatever the next thing is. It, we had this cool opportunity, every parent does, to basically reset the goalposts from maybe what your childhood has or, or, or wasn't or what the expectations are, et cetera. And I think that's such a, a phenomenal thing for founders yeah. or parents, et cetera. And one of the things for me, when, uh, when Will was born, uh, I wrote this missive to him. Right. This is kind of a weird thing to do, but I had some time in the hospital. You know, Sarah was busy doing whatever she was doing, I guess, having a kid yeah. or whatever. So I was right. time in my hands. <laughs> she always reminds us. And so anyway, so I I, I wrote a, uh, a letter to, to my soon to be born son about what I thought the world would mean to him, what I'm trying to bring to him in the world. Uh, you know, where the world stands right now, where it could be a better place, you know, what his his place is and, and, and what advice I would give to him. Sure. And of all of it, there's one thing that I put in there that I remember being kind of most proud of. And I wrote, question everything, especially me. And, and I wanted to instill this. And I want, I want to beat this up with you, this concept with my kids that I didn't want strict obedience. I didn't want that. Yeah. I felt like as a founder, that was so antithetical to who I am. Like my, my one driving principle as a human that makes me a founder is I do not like being told what to do. Right. And I question everything. <laughs> question everything. Yeah. But I think it made me a good founder. Yeah. I mean, if, if we're not questioning things, I would argue like if you're not questioning things, you're going to have a really hard time being a good founder. Right. I you don't know, Or you'd ever even end up there in the first place. But that DNA, Ryan, that very DNA yep. that had me question everything is exactly what I want to instill in my kids. And of course, we're like, oh, you don't want them to do it. question everything. You know, then, then you'll never be able to get, get a handle on them. Right. I don't. I don't want to be the parent that that has to restrain my kids as right. a way of growing them. Right. Like, yep. there's a certain amount of that. I don't let my kids run, you know, totally crazy. But I do want them to question things. When I say, "Hey, this is the way things are," and they say, "Why?" I want to be yep. responsible for that answer. I don't want to cop out and say, "Oh, just because I said so." Yeah. Right. right. To me, that's that's a bullshit answer, and that, that that's that's a that's weak parenting for me. It's a it's a completely lost opportunity, both to connect to the child and to 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 teach them something and to learn something about the kid. Right? The the you questions bet. they ask teach us so much about them. I had uh, one of our team members a while back come to me and said, "Hey, I just learned that somebody else actually makes more than I do. Right? It feels like we have similar jobs. Why do they make more than I do?" Now, yeah. as as an employer. I don't have to answer that question. I don't have right. to. I can just be stoic and be like, glad you have a paycheck, you know, Johnson and Eli, whatever, yep. you know. <laughs> Since you're only working half days anyways. <laughs> right. <laughs> so true. But I want people to ask those questions. Again, again yeah. I'm veering back the other direction where I'm saying, you know, being a parent uh, made me a better founder. I don't think I, I would have felt like I had to answer that question or or said differently. I don't think I would have invited that question. But now that I have kids, I do because it's yeah. exactly how I want them to think. Yep. I want them to question 
everything. You know, why everything. do we do this? Why is that important? If I can't answer the question, isn't that a problem? Yeah, you know? yeah, and and I think your point around question everything and especially me is is extremely important and perhaps the most the the most on point in terms of how we connect this back to to startup land. I remember having this discussion with my daughter. You know, we were having yeah some fundamental philosophical level discussion about a year ago, and. And then I was saying, you know, this is this is what I believe. And it's like, but that doesn't mean that that's what you need to believe, and 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 you can you can question that. And she's like, but but you know more than I do, and so like I should. Isn't it easier just? I was like, well, it might be easier just to follow. It's like, but what if I'm wrong, right? right. I, I don't know. I just think, and I said it's really important for you to question, especially me, because of this exact point. If you just accept everything I say wholesale because I'm your dad, because I have been in control, or at least, you know, managing massive parts of your life for your entire life, you know, to the extent that there has been one, it's really, really important that you question me maybe above anybody else, right? For two reasons. One, because there will be more of a sense that you should just blindly follow, right? And we can run to the same thing as managers, right? I'm, I'm the CEO, I'm the founder, ergo, people should just listen to me, right? And people will, Right. And, and that right. can be a real problem. If we don't get questioned as leaders, that can be a huge issue. Secondarily, I said, because I'm the person who's going to care most about how that question gets answered for you. Right. For sure. So not only right, should you question it because blindly following it's a bad idea, I'm going to care more about how fully you understand whatever this problem you're facing is. Right. And I think as, as leaders, as managers, as founders, we have the same responsibility because the better job we do at first cultivating this, you know, creating the culture around being able to ask questions all the way to the top, questioning anybody and everybody, not needlessly, not senselessly, not constantly, right? But asking questions that matter and knowing that you're going to get a response because this is how we grow our businesses, right? We want right. good questions. We want to be pushed. We want to hear those questions and we want to get the answers right because that's what's going to help drive success with the business, right? Right. Same thing with our kids. How about the other side of it, which is I want to teach my kids that you can lead, and we're the leaders you know, in our family, that you can lead with some humility. Oh, yeah. If all I say is, look, this is my answer and it's correct just because I said it, that is zero yeah. humility, right? <laughs> yeah. Like how many parents stop and say to their kids, you know, actually, I'm not sure I know the answer to that yet, Yeah. right? Other than can they buy a toy? In other words, yeah. like... <laughs> <laughs> how many like how many times will a parent stop in in with humility yep. say you know here's the direction i'd like to go but i'm not sure that that's the right answer yet yeah. and i'm still working through that that's humility yeah that's the same thing that i now take you know in in leadership and i know you do the same where i'm like hey here's where i'm trying to go we just did a whole episode of this the culture yes, of wrong exactly. being okay with being wrong i want my kids to see that level of humility right in me i want to work that muscle like, i want yeah. to get better at that level of humility and yep. it starts at home yep helping them understand that that's a strength not a weakness right the the ability totally. to to question yourself and and to to be okay and to be open about questioning yourself and what your motivations are how you're trying to get where you're going totally fine right i think it's a great lesson both for for parents for the kids and and of course as as leaders within startups or whatever organization kind of doesn't matter you know in, in this willingness and this is again part of what i want to instill in my in my kids but also in an organization that, that i work and live in i want to instill the, the, this concept that the answer can change because yeah. we asked questions yeah 100 you know, we looked at things and say well why were they always this way 
I'll give you an example that it's been all the rage, the work from home. Well, why is it 40 hours a week? Why is it nine to five? Why is it, you know, you know, all of yeah. these things where people are kind of questioning the norms. And the truth is, after enough discussion, you might come back to some of these same uh, answers. You yeah. might say it's nine to five, just given all of the other things in life that exist, those are actually the most convenient hours for most yep. people to work, right? If you're talking about everything from school to daycare to just what time it's dark and light, right? We might come back to those answers. But I'll give you another example. I think we've talked about this before. Maybe you don't. Yeah. Maybe you maybe you come back to an answer like, you know what? Offices suck. Yeah. <laughs> like like they're right. comfortable for no one. They're they're actually yep. a horrible place to be. And, and and we're a remote company, so you know, we we can say that with with our own feelings. However, here's what gets interesting. I've had a bunch of founders over the past uh few months debate the other direction. They're saying, look, I'm yeah. not getting I'm not getting the returns. I, I understand everybody thinks it's more productive, et cetera. I'm not getting the returns. I think that's a healthy, you know, question to ask. And I get anxious when we build a culture of being so resolute that we stop asking those questions, which is exactly what I'm trying to instill in my kids. Yeah, and, and particularly in cases like this where we've just gone through fundamental upheaval in, in the thinking around something like an office, right? right? And the vast majority of people swung one direction and they were all like, yeah, offices do suck. Let's not go there. That doesn't mean that that is 100% the answer for 100% of the people or 100% of the companies. The prevailing wind seems to be pointed that way. But I think, you know, to your point, it is still valuable to, to question that, right? It's still valuable question. Does that make sense for us? Does that make sense for us now? You know, I could I could make a strong case that, you know, we do fine as a remote company now. I have no idea what it would have been like had we tried to start as a remote company, right? If, right, we, yeah, had, if totally. we had begun our adventure completely remote, no way of knowing, right? Yeah. And, and so, you know, for now, works great, right? We're very happy with it. But, right. you know, we'd have to question that if we were starting something brand new, could we do that in a fully remote environment? The answer Absolutely. would be, we'd have to find out. In, uh, in a few weeks... Uh, I start as a part-time teacher at my yep. kid's school, right? I'm so excited about it, right? Uh, my my daughter, Summer, is in fifth grade in her school. Uh, fifth grade starts middle school. So I'm teaching entrepreneurship um, every week in her school to her to a class. Yes. Uh, in her school, it's a very small school. Uh, the kids all often share the same classes. So I'll be teaching fifth through eighth graders uh, in the same classroom at the same time. Yeah, super fun. Yeah, well, so, so a couple of things. I, you know, I'm building out the curriculum and everything else like that. But what I really care about, I'm not trying to make these kids necessarily founders or entrepreneurs. If that happens, great. Yeah. What I want to do, though, is I want to plant some, some stuff in their ear. I want to be able to say, what if? For example, even as the teacher, I'm going to tell them, look, you guys can question me. If what I'm saying yeah. doesn't make sense or you don't agree, this you have carte blanche to question me. But here's another side of it. I want to plant the bug in their ear that they can be happy. Imagine yeah. that. Can you imagine if, if the theme across your parents, across your, um, and not just you, I just mean all, your parents, your instructors, et cetera, was you know what's most important is you have to start with what makes you happy with what you enjoy yeah. and then work backward from there. Correct. Can you imagine the population we would have if people were given that North Star? Be a bit different, right? Because the, the narrative was entirely the opposite for us, right? It was, you're going to start at the bottom, Right. I mean, we use we use all of these all the conceptual languages, right? Like you're you're in the trenches, you're at the bottom of the ladder, you're you know you, you start in the mail room, whatever it was, right? Yeah, it was just like pick a place that doesn't sound great. That's where you start, and then <laughs> the you fire. get to, yeah, right. 
So then you you start there, and then you have to work your way towards happiness, right? And then happiness with some amorphous uh, future state that you weren't even clear that the path you were on would lead to. Uh, but that was how it was couched, right? You know, you just got to do this stuff, and then that that stuff will eventually lead you to the point where you can be happy. Amazing, amazing to just flip that on its head and say, hey, let's start with that notion. And, and work our way wherever we need to go from there such that we maintain that state. Let's build on that a little bit because I, I don't want folks listening to think that we're like some foo-foo, like, you know, it doesn't matter if you get paid or not, just be happy right. kind of thing. Yeah, it sort yeah. of matters if you get paid too. Just meditate in the street with a hat in front of you and hope <laughs> it gets filled with cash, right? Like, it'll be fine. What we're saying is start with a, a career with something yep. that you actually enjoy doing. Now, yeah. now, here's here's what it looked like for me, and I'm sure I'm sure I'm not the only one because I've talked to enough people about this. When I was growing up, you basically got handed a menu of twelve careers. Oh right? man, yep. you were doctor, accountant, whatever you know, yep. um, fireman, and you policeman. One. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Like, it, it's so funny, right? And it was like, oh, you're good at math. You're an accountant now. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, what? I'm an accountant now. Like, how did that happen? Right? No one chose to become accountant, and we pick on accountants all the time. I'm our CFO. We do. I do actually enjoy accounting, but not like that. Not like yeah. all I want to do is accounting. Right. What I think has happened is I think that we've gotten conditioned to just basically get shoehorned into whatever might be a career without ever people asking us, is that a lot of fun? Or just like, what other options are there, right? Because you weren't kidding when you said there were like 12 options. I remember taking that 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 test if you can even call it that, because I think it was like six questions long. And then it it pulled the, the top two from a list of like, maybe it was 25 or something. I think I've referenced this before. Uh, my two were uh, forest ranger or attorney. <laughs> you would have been a great forest ranger. I would be an amazing forest ranger and or an attorney, right? And then I thought, well, maybe I should have gone into environmental law. Maybe that's what it meant, but I didn't know that was an option at the time. Yep. I started to follow the law path and thought, you know, because I'd been convinced by my father, who was a, a physician, not to go down that path. Yep. Um, I thought, okay, well, then if I'm not going to be a doctor, then I have to be a lawyer. It's the other choice because, you know, we lived in Ohio and there was no forest. I would have been a, a, a cornfield <laughs> ranger. Uh, less fun. We go down these paths, and I, I realized through some exploration uh, that I actually didn't particularly like the attorneys that I was engaging with as I was doing internships and like talking to them and seeing what they actually did. I was like, I would hate this. I would not enjoy any of this. And so luckily, I, I, I realized at the time, like I, I didn't then immediately pick something starting with like my happiness, but I at least avoided something that I was like, I'm pretty sure this is going to make me miserable. No one even asked the question. Yep. The whole time I was growing up all through college, no one even yep. thought to say, well, what would you like to do? Or no. what would make you happy? It was right? always, you'd be good at, or yeah. you show signs of, or, yep. you know, you have the skills of a, right. It was never like, Hey, does this interest you in any way, shape or form? Uh, would yep. you want to wake up and do this every day, even when it gets really hard, uh, and and just keep doing it? Does that sound like does that sound like fun? And you, the yeah. answer would be like, of course not. Like, it sounds yeah, awful. Yeah. Do you care about doing systems implementations? <laughs> right, absolutely. <laughs> Hand me like, more. What I think is interesting, and what I'm trying to instill in my kids, in by way of that uh, other kids, as you know, as I'm teaching other yep. people's kids, is you don't have to just follow a path that was prescribed to you. Now, again, no, I want to be clear. 
Um, there are lots of jobs that people do and they do just fine and they make great careers out of them, but th that doesn't make them happy. They're like, you know, I do this one thing. I do systems implementation. It doesn't make me all that happy. I don't jump out of bed in the morning so excited to implement a system, but it provides a great life and I love golf and I loved all these other things and I get to do those. Totally get it. But what I'm saying is to not even have ever asked the question. Yeah, I think that's dangerous. Super dangerous. And so with my kids, you know, as I sit down with them, again, they're, they're very young as yours are, but that's the point. I'm starting from saying, and what I'm going to, to teach in this class, and these, and these kids are going to go through high school as well, and, and we, we have a program in the high school that I've designed that also kind of carries this theme, which is what if? What if the yeah. things you love, you could do for a living? What if that's all you ever did? And you yeah. started from a place of passion. And passions come in a lot of ways. There are always things that like make me happy. I'm a creative by heart, right? Those are like, I enjoy writing. I love designing. I love like doing things that are creative. So if I get to do that, I'm in, I'm so happy. It's why I started companies because it allowed yep. me to do creative things. I like creating things. Yep. But if you said, hey, you have to go work um, in doing systems implementations, I'm a relatively smart guy. I could pull that off, but I would hate it, right? And so it's like, dude, if you know I've got some sort of capabilities, and, and you could put just as well put me in a place where I actually enjoy it. Yeah, I'm going to be a better unit of society if if, if that's the way you're, you're looking at it. It wasn't but, that Michael Jordan couldn't play baseball, but that yeah. was pretty damn dumb, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I did the basketball thing. Okay, all of us were way happier when he was playing basketball, right? It wasn't just yeah. him. Tony should say that. I, I was out to dinner last night with uh with Michael Red. You obviously uh yes. know Mike. Mike yeah. uh Mike played uh with the Milwaukee Bucks. He was in the dream team with uh LeBron. Best three-point shooters in the league. Yeah, he was one of the best three-point shooters in the league. Anyway, so we were at dinner with you and his wife last night, and uh and I asked him, I said, Mike, if, if you didn't do basketball, what else would you have done? Zero answers. Now, here's yeah. what I loved about this. He's like, Will, I didn't, there was nothing else. He's like, yeah. from the time when I was a little kid. It was the only thing I was going to do. And, yeah. and I said, Mike, you're six six now, but like you were, you know, not that big as a kid. How could you possibly know? Right. <laughs> you were, you were like, two foot like, six at the time. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say if, if you grew up and you were my size, <laughs> that wouldn't have ended very well. <laughs> would have ended. Yeah, it would have ended <laughs> differently. Yeah, yeah. You'd be the NBA as a water boy. But what I loved was his answer. He said, That's what made me happy. That's what I was passionate about. And that's all I was going to do. That is yeah. exactly what I want to teach my kids. Little Will's never gonna make it to the NBA. Sorry, son. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> your genetics won't won't help you. Um, but good luck with those dreams. I I love that that specificity of focus. That that yeah. this is what I love. So that's what I'm that's going what to I'm do. do it. Right? right. It's exactly what I'm looking for. You know, something that's really funny about everything we talk about here is that none of it is new. Everything you're dealing with right now has been done a thousand times before you, which means the answer already exists. You may just not know it, but that's okay. That's kind of what we're here to do. We talk about this stuff on the show, but we actually solve these problems all day long at groups.startups.com. So if any of this sounds familiar, stop guessing about what to do. Let us just give you the answers to the test and be done with it. Yeah, and, and I love that it started with that because you also hear, and we'll just sticking with, with sports for a second, you also hear the other case, which is, again, that they were talented in some way and that was discovered and then they were sort of pushed and groomed and made into. And look, you know, they, they may be making great money now and whatever and they probably do enjoy it, but 
who who was it? It was one of the tennis players, maybe Andre Agassi, said that he like, I actually hate tennis. And and sorry, Andre, if that wasn't you and you love tennis. <laughs> uh, but one of them was like, I hate. I was just really good at it, and I could make a lot of money, but I actually didn't like it. Like I felt forced into it. I I, I think it was Andre Agassi. It could be. Uh, it could be somebody else. Just because there's this talent and predilection for like success within something doesn't mean that's the right reason to do it. So it makes me super happy to hear that Mike ended up doing that because it was what he loved, not because somebody pointed and said, uh, you look like you're going to end up being 6'6 six, six and, and you've got a great three-point shot. Like You have to go be an NBA star, right? Not the worst thing to be told. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> but <laughs> still. Something, right? Go make yeah. tens of millions of dollars in the NBA. But I guess my thought was he was aligned with what he enjoyed and he got to do it. That's exactly where I, where I want to see my kids. I also think there's the probability that my kids are going to know what their whole career should be before they've ever had a career is silly to me. Yeah, uh, but that, that's a whole other thing, yeah. which is why I want to start with things that they do understand, like yeah. passion and proclivities. And I think we can develop those as parents. I think this is one of the things as a founder where I've seen what agency can do for you. Yes, I've seen 100%. when somebody takes the, the template off and yep. says, hey, instead of the 12 jobs, what if you made your own? Yeah. What, right? would, you, what like, would you build? Yep. Right. And you're like, wait, I can do that? Yeah. Yeah. Right. It helps if somebody actually tells you you can do it. Yeah. Because that was definitely not on the menu. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's one of the one of the most important things we can do is give our kids permission, right? In the same way, give our teams permission to push outside the templates, to to try a new sales tactic, right? To to try coding that page in a slightly different way, to bring a new front end technology to bear, right? It's it's the permission to do what wasn't obvious necessarily, right? Yep. To get outside of what the template says I have to be or do or become. Uh, or the way I have to execute it, right? And that's how you end up an unhappy systems implementer, right? We don't want that. I developed this this new thing that I didn't have at the same level of scale, which was empathy, yeah. where I really cared, not just uh, was concerned. I genuinely cared, obviously, how my kids were feeling and why they were feeling that way. And again, this is actually, the more we talk about it, the more I'm realizing that being a parent actually made me a better founder, but but I'll try to stay on topic. When my kids say something's wrong, they're crying about something, et cetera, I no longer look at what they're crying about because I've come to learn it's never what they're actually upset about. There's Correct. always something behind it. Said differently, when they're at Disney having the time of their lives, they're rarely melting down, right? <laughs> when they're at home- That's stuff, what the car ride home is for. Yeah, 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 yeah. Unless they didn't get what they wanted at that store. But my whole thing is, I've kind of created this new ability, if you will, to just triple click on everything. So every yeah. time I see something that's a little off, and we just did an episode about this, you know, where there's yeah. smoke, there's fire. I've really built this kind of this, this, this muscle where I've been like, okay, something's wrong. I've got to go way deeper than what's on the surface. I'm learning that with my kids. Again, I'm, I'm going the opposite direction, how these kids are basically making me a better founder. But you've got to be seeing the same thing, right? For sure. And 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 look, it's it's not just with the negative behaviors; it's the positive behaviors and and, and the happiness too, right? So yeah, uh, you know, in in the same way, when when I see one of them's upset about something, it's never the thing, right? It's oh, you know, Aria will come to me, you know, stomp into my office all upset and like, you know, what's going on? And she's like, Hannah said something to me. And I'm like, okay, so it's obviously not the thing that Hannah said. Uh, so let's dig in. Let's figure out what it is, right? And so then you start to ask some questions. You start to probe a little bit. But in the same way, when they come and they're, you know, at magnitudes happier than usual, or they're they're really, you know, enthusiastic about something, 
I love to dig in there too, right? Because in the same sense as that when there's smoke, there's fire. Sometimes when you see something glittering, there's some gold there, right? And digging yep. in and kind of getting past the the obvious superficial, like, okay, you're, you're happy right now because you have an ice cream cone in your hand. You can find some really, really amazing insights about what actually motivates them. Yep. What what does drive Absolutely. their happiness, right? Absolutely. And and this is just as valuable within within our teams, right? We talk we talked in that that episode where there's where there's smoke, there's fire about, you know, when you see a small problem, take a closer look, right? Because you're you're always often going to else. scratch the surface. There's going to be something else there. Yep. Uh, but in the same ways, you know, it's so important when we see you know, outsized performance, or we see somebody just getting really enthusiastic about something, digging in and understanding why, right? Like when somebody comes, starts coming to you with, with ideas, you know, I, one, of, one of the marketing team uh, has been presenting stuff kind of like every week, there's a new idea, a new tactic, a new thing. And it's been really fun to kind of dig in and understand the motivation behind that, right? I mean, there's right. the obvious, which is just like, it's your job, right? But it wasn't an expectation, it wasn't something I told them they had to do. And yet they're coming with these suggestions, these ideas. And it's because there's this innate drive to discover something that's going to work really well and, and just wants to be able to do that, right? And so that's awesome. You find that, it allows me to cultivate that and to reward that uh, and to drive more of that type of behavior that we want. So, you know, I think it's a two-sided coin. Yes, anytime that we see like these negative behaviors or bad emotions, whatever, dig in, find out what's behind the curtain that's really driving that and figure out how we can impact it. But the same thing, when we see something positive, you know, tug on that thread too, right? You never know what you're going to find until you go looking, right? So stay curious. You know, to that end, the stay curious, you know, we talked about this just a minute ago when we were saying like, hey, question everything. I think when my kids watch me dig deeper, they learn how to dig deeper. Again, if, if you don't see someone else do it or do it effectively, Yep. then there's no reason you would do it. When when we get into something, when my daughter unpacks her day or my son's talking about his day or something like that, and he says, well, I did this and you know I wasn't happy or whatever, my always yeah. question isn't, oh, that's bad. It's why. So this person upset you, why? Well, because you know they said something that I didn't like. Cool. Why do you think they said that? And yeah. when I get into that, like put yourself in their shoes, it starts to get a little bit more psychological than they're usually ready for. And again, they're 10 and six. I, I understand there's certain places that are not ready to go, but here's what I like about it. It started to be some, something where they start asking the question themselves sure, without having to me ask it. So yep. my daughter, Summer, who's crazy smart. Now, when she comes to me and she says, Hey, somebody said something that bothered me today. She knows I'm going to ask why, right. Yeah. Or, or how did it, she knows I'm going to triple click. She starts preparing her answer. Yeah. Right? As you tend to do with your parents, because yep. once you start to learn their behaviors. How can I head off the questions of the past by just answering them up front, right? But it's great because it she's starting to learn how powerful that discovery is. She's starting to learn that sometimes when her friends say crappy stuff, it's because they have a problem, not because yeah. she has a problem. Correct. And I got to tell you, man, no, cool. That would have been at 10 years old if somebody told me that. <laughs> <laughs> some some useful information it is it is and it's it's sad that we didn't have that necessarily it's great that we can pass this on now and i think it's such an important skill to have right it goes back to the questioning everything too and i think it you know we, something else that we talk about a lot which is just permission number one it may not even occur to you that you could or should question 
why I feel this way, right? You get wrapped up in the, I feel bad, I want to rant and rave, or I feel happy, I want to do cartwheels, right? You get caught up in the emotion itself, right? At at the young age, we're not introspective enough, we're not self-aware enough to question, okay, well, why did that happen? Why did I get upset? And so I think by asking them, we're, we're showing them that one, it's possible to do so, it's worthwhile to do so, and you have full permission to do so, and that there are benefits in doing it. Uh, and, and again, I think that that is another one of these lessons that extends uh, to, to our teams, uh, you know, that go beyond our family, giving our teams permission to question how certain things make them feel, what motivates them, how our actions impact them, and that it's okay to question that, to talk about it, and to feel certain ways about it, and to look for solutions is a great, great culture to cultivate, Yeah. Yeah, well, and that sort of thing, like even within our team, like, and we'll take it back the other direction, kind of like how this affects us in the business. Let's say somebody, we're going through our analytics, right? And we're looking at uh, conversions and yeah. we're, people aren't buying. Now we could look at that and say, oh, the price is too high. Is it? Because right. if we say you get all 200 of our people for $100, you know, people may go, well, oh, if it's all those people. And then yes, I'll absolutely do it. Or if we say we're going to guarantee that you get funded, which we don't, uh, we're going to guarantee that you get funded. Is $100 too much then? No, yeah, it's not no. a price problem. It's a value problem. <laughs> it's a right? value problem. It's always a value problem. It's, it's always a value problem. But that's my point. We've gotten conditioned because we're founders, because we know a lot of this stuff hasn't been discovered before. We've gotten conditioned to dig deeper. And it's yeah. such a powerful thing to have. And so now we get to instill that in our kids at an age where they absorb it so much faster at an age where we can baseline them out yeah. so that they are being more empathetic. They are asking harder questions. That They are doing things that puts them light years ahead of their peers, right? And I think all of those things that, that we learned, that we've developed as founders, as we're channeling all of that to our kids are making them 10x better kids. So in addition to all the stuff related to founder groups, you've also got full access to everything on startups.com. That includes all of our education tracks, which will be funding, customer acquisition, even how to manage your monthly finances. There's so much stuff in there. All of our software, including BizPlan for putting together detailed business plans and financials, LaunchRock for attracting early customers, and of course, Fundable for attracting investment capital. When you log into the startups.com site, you'll find all of these resources available. 